1: One Voice Conference in Dallas, Texas, with Forrest Harper, who's the president and CEO of Inroads. Welcome, Forrest.
0: Thank you very much. I appreciate being a part of this today.
1: I'm really excited to to have you on. So tell me about the origin of Inroads, its purpose, and its journey to beginnings to now. Absolutely. Uh, To tell
0: you about it, I would just ask you to imagine this. It's 1944, a white stately gentleman graduates from Princeton University in a size-to-go service country as a naval pilot. He goes out, finishes his duty of service for the country, comes back. He's in a well-to-do family, and um, but he's not right about what's going on in the country at the time because it's now the early 60s. And racial unrest, jobs, inequality were happening across the country, and he felt He had a desire and a need to do something about it. And so what he did, he started working and volunteering, helping out young black and brown kids who basically uh, were underserved. And he felt he could make a difference between coaching, education, and developing them to be able to get good job skills and be work ready. But he didn't have the resources, not the plan yet. So he took a busload of African-American and Hispanic kids from his neighborhood to a little small rally in Washington in 1963. Small rally. And that small rally unveiled an opportunity for him to get the kids to see and hear what was going on in the country, but also he could hear Martin Luther King Jr. the, the Jr. And when he did that, he heard that speech, he caught the vision. And the vision was there was too much of a gap and he thought he could make a difference in racial equity and social justice. So he got back on the bus, took the kids back home, and then when he did that, he decided this is what he wanted to do. He wanted to make a difference, mm-hmm. to help develop young kids and bright minds out of the ghettos and barrios at the time, and he went home and told his family that, hey, listen, I found out what I want to do. He had four kids, wife, and um, you, know, you heard this thump. That thump was his wife falling over because <laughs> he said he wanted to do something to make an impact for years to come. And he wanted to make sure that there was no economic gap between kids on one side of the railroad track and kids on the other side. And so he wanted to create inroads into corporate America and entrepreneurial jobs because he felt that he could get the students through good education, development and training, and then in the corporate America, making good middle income wages. They had a chance to go on to prosperity and be able to thrive um, in wealth. And so after that, he created Inroads. It took him seven years to build it. And once he created in seven years, um, he went to 17 corporations with 27 students and say, would you give a paid internship to these students? And those companies said yes. Now today we fast forward, we have 30,000 alumni that's come through this program to include the CEO of TIAA. She's the first and only of two African American female CEOs in the Fortune 500.
1: What are some of the milestones that, that has happened to en over the past 50 years that have been really important? Right. So if you go back to the
0: 70s when he launched it in 1970, he was trying to do one city and then he increased it to 40 cities. And so the first one is how could he expand the program from Chicago to the rest of the nation? That was the first milestone. Right. And he did. He went from one city and he went to 40. The second milestone was to get students who did internships to get job offers within six months after they graduated.
1: With the same company.
0: With the same company that they interned with. Mm -hmm. Which means the company made an investment in two ways. Just talent and wanted to focus on some kind of diversity. The third milestone had to do with the actual economic impact. And that was these students were making income that from a Fortune 1000 company. And when they did that, they could take care of their families and they could go on and thrive in their careers and the career mobility would be strong. And then last but not least, the fourth one was they would give back to the community. And he had a philosophy that said, um, basically, to much as whom he's given, much is expected. And Father Carr, when he retired, that's what happened. And in the midst of all that, he was recognized for his... Um, unique creating this model by the King Center. 1993, he won the Salute the Greatness Award. And if you look at the trail number of people who won that award, not many people from this bike, but he won that award and Mrs. King um, signed a painting for him. And I have it in my office. And it said, keep doing the work that you're doing and on behalf of Martin. And so that's how this model got built. Uh, and some of the deliverables along the way. Now we're the nation's largest nonprofit, um, social impact, and career development
1: model in the nation. How did you get here, Forrest?
0: The way I got here is I had a, a, a great career, very fortunate and humble, um, in the pharmaceutical industry. And at the time that I was interviewing for role, I didn't get an internship, but someone pulled me aside as a mentor, which is one of the key components of the program and said, I'd like to introduce you to the pharmaceutical industry. I didn't know what a pharma nor a was, <laughs> but he told me it was good income and that you could be able to benefit those who suffer from illnesses, and that's what drove me. So after 30 years, I um, began to do outreach in the community for those who could not afford medicines, and Pfizer was giving it to them, so I was put in charge of the underserved and underrepresented communities. And when I did that, I found out what Enrose was doing. and. I brought some interns in the Pfizer from Inroads, mm-hmm. And when I did that, I said, wow, wouldn't it be something if I could ever run an organization like this? And then one day, a knock came to my door, <laughs> and someone said, we'd like you to be the CEO of Inroads." And I go, wow, what a privilege, a humble experience. And I had one notion when I was in in corporate America. I'd been the first African-American vice president, the first African-American um director. I've been the first in eight different positions as an African-American. And I woke up one morning and looked at the mirror and just said, Forrest, there's nothing you can do about being the first, but there's always something you can do about being the only. And so I made it my pledge that if I could work in another role to make sure that there are no more onlys, and that's how Inroads, how I got to Inroads.
1: So what is your focus in working with financial services and... The, the great, um, let me reset that. Right. Go right <laughs> ahead. What is your focus in working in financial services and with One Voice, FSI?
0: Well, the good news is that <clears throat> FSI um, set out uh, a priority and a strategy in their advocacy and their focus areas on growth, on diversity and inclusion. <laughs> And we align with that because that's what we're doing. Our founder said that we we wanted to scale our impact. Once we made one impact, don't stop there. And then secondly, it's about growth of our participants in the program in their economic growth to help their families and their communities. So the so the focus was that when what's the other additive? The diversity. We have all diverse students, uh, and then so we wanted to bring build a pipeline and an ecosystem and a pathway to get students in to learn more about financial services and as an advisor, and then learn from it and get into the career. And so, FSI had a goal, we had a goal, and those goals matched up together. And so, that's how we are working together in order to build and get more students involved in our color into the financial services industry.
1: Now, students can pick a lot of different career paths. Are you finding they're interested in financial services? It doesn't come automatic. We have to share with them.
0: Uh, What's the old phrase, you don't know what you don't know? Right. And so, we've done this in many fields. I'll give you another one. Actuarial science. I'm not not running to that one. (laughs) Being involved, (laughs) being an actuary. Yeah. Right? and until you ask them, so we do surveys. And we ask students, do you know anything about being a financial advisor? If you knew these three things, would you be interested? All we're trying to do is spark passion mm-hmm. and interest. Mm-hmm. Once we spark the passion and interest in being a financial advisor, they start going through, wow, I'd like to do that. And that's how we do it. We get their interest and their passion first.
1: So beyond providing diverse talent, what's Inroads' vision?
0: Indro's vision is to be a provider of innovative solutions to what we call leveling the playing field towards equity in America. And that is, the playing field is not level. Our goal is to bring a solution to the table, and part of that solution is FSI. So we want FSI to build a pathway with us to bring diverse students to be a part of their early careers so they can see and become opportunity to be hired years later as they rotate through the program. And then the other part of our vision is to be a solution that's sustainable. Most of the time we come in with issues that come through and um, you know we stop and start, and as I heard today, Chris Perry from Berkeley talked about this. He said, you know, we're not here for the moment. We're here as a movement. And I'll take you all the way back, when our founder went to the movement in the mall in Washington in 1963, it was about a movement. And it takes a journey. And so we're here to provide a solution for a sustainable period of time so that we can get more students and get the companies and the the, the agencies
1: um, to be more diverse for a long period of time. Well, it only makes sense because the nation is changing drastically with what its faces look like. And financial services needs to catch up quickly or they're gonna be left out. Absolutely, we couldn't, I couldn't echo that more.
0: That, that part of the other part of solutions solution is that we want to represent the composition of the new majority. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at that, that trend's gonna to continue to go. It is. And we have to evolve, FSI has to evolve. And today what I saw was an open welcome sense of saying they're ready to evolve.
1: How can we help corporate America do better with this?
0: Well, first of all, we got to admit we have a problem. Once we admit we have a problem, then there's an opportunity to say what actions you're going to take from the top. We're part of a group called CEOs in Action. And these are almost 1,200 CEOs in the Fortune 2000 that made a pledge two years ago Um, that said that they're going to do something about this. And now we fast forward since the killing of George Floyd and the unfortunate deaths of others, um, corporate America has come together and said, we're going to pledge finances behind this along with cultural commitments. And so last week, two weeks ago, the Washington Post reported out that as of today, um, corporate America has pledged up to $50 billion. That's with a B. $50 $50 billion to focus on social justice and racial equity in America. That's a good start because now it's accountable. And someone's going to ask the question, what did you do with the money? And so in corporate America, it's like an earnings report. They're going to be looking for impact. Mm-hmm. So the second part is accountability. Admit it, be accountable. And then third, come back and measure. And if you're not doing it right, keep doing it until we get it right.
1: So, you have answers to lots of great questions. So, here's <laughs> here's my last question I don't know. <laughs> How can we close the racial wealth gap in America?
0: Oh, boy, this one is, is one that uh, we're very proud to be a part of the solution. The reason we're proud to be a part of the solution, most of us who are reading know that um, data from the St. Louis Federal Reserve uh, and the Department of Labor indicated in 1970 the average black family had at the end of retirement had a net um, worth of about $7,000. The average white family was $70,000. Today that number is approximately $17,000 for African-Americans and $171,000 for white middle-class families. we got a lot of work to do and the way we close it is we took and looked at a data on all the students we put on our pathway in our program, and we compared a thousand African Americans who went through our program, and a thousand versus a thousand white executives that did not go through our program. And when it came to net income and net worth, forty percent of the inroads alum that went through our program outpaced their white counterpart in income and net worth. And then number three, when it came to home ownership, which is a crown jewel of, of wealth creation, um, En-ROADS alum outpaced their white counterparts. So we have part A to the solution, and that is get students and underserved youth into programs like Inroads, with partners like FSI to give them paid internships so they can grow. And then let's scale this. We need 10 times more students involved and 10 times more companies doing what we do.
1: How can corporations get involved in Inroads and how can students find you to get involved to find internships? Well let's start with the student part. It's
0: easy. Just go to inroads.org mm-hmm. and they can sign on um, to become a candidate for an intern, paid internship, mm-hmm. or be involved in a high school program at local cities. So that's one for the students. It's very easy. It doesn't cost anything, not one nickel for any student participating in the program. How corporations can get involved is take a look at your DEI plan, your diversity equity inclusion plan, and take a look at your social impact plan, and if you're one of those companies that made the commitment to invest, invest in the pipeline, call Inroads. call us. Uh, contact us at inroads.org, and we'll help you build a blueprint of how they can change that. And then the second part is that anybody in any corporation as an individual person can volunteer their time, their talent, and their treasure to help out with one student at a time. And if you want to volunteer to be a mentor, if you want to share your talents and help us educate these young, talented, diverse students call us. You can volunteer. In corporate America, help us scale this program by giving charitable investments and donations to En-ROADS so we can scale the program.
1: Forrest, thank you so much for being with us. We at Advisorpedia pledge to help you get that word out.
0: <laughs> thank you very much. We really appreciate that.
1: <laughs> for everybody at Advisorpedia, our partners, Flyer Financial Technologies, Integrated Partners, our producer, Jakey Beard and the Power Your Advice podcast team. This is Doug Heikinen.